following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LDM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek, of course. Welcome to The Week in Gaming uh, on Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience, as well as the All Our Nonsense Podcast uh, Network. Of course, my name is Derek Lamont Jackson, and been kind of a busy week in gaming news, so not a long intro. I'm just going to jump right in, starting with the news that the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X will be sold in Best Buy stores starting September 23rd. I know you're hearing this on either September 25th or uh, September 27th. The PS5 and the Xbox Series X were in stores starting on the 23rd. Hopefully, you guys were lucky enough to get one. Uh, luckily I was able to procure my PlayStation 5 at launch and I just recently got a Series X a couple months back so I'm happy but I'm still on the lookout for a lot of you who weren't able to find one so I hope you were. Um, if you've been following the news of the PS5 and the Xbox Series X you know that consoles are still extremely difficult to find in stock while retailers have been selling a handful of consoles online per week. They've been even rare at physical stores. Best Buy will be changing that beginning the 23rd. Uh, Best Buy will have stock of the Series X and disc drive version of the PS5 in stores on Thursday, September 23rd. Again, this has already passed by the time you guys are hearing this. Uh, the retailer confirmed this with a listing on its website the day before. Limited quantities of Xbox Series X and both versions of the PS5 will be available. However, the Series S is not listed and not every store is participating. So you have to pay very, very close attention to that. Uh, the current generation of consoles has faced a challenging combination of low stock and high demand, driven in large part by worldwide microchip shortages and ongoing logistics difficulties stemming from the COVID-19 pandemic. Retailers tend to put in uh, put units on sale seemingly randomly, and bots and scalpers have further added to the low stock. Um, for more information, stay tuned here to the podcast. I will update you guys as soon as I get it. I will also, if you're following me on Twitter, anytime I see that there's stock available, I will retweet it. So you guys make sure you go ahead and follow the Twitter page. But it's nice to see that this is happening um, for all the people who are not able to get their hands on one yet. I hope that you guys get lucky and, you know, are able to get, you know, the console of your choice, if not both, if you want them. Um, you know, it's, again, I was lucky. I was lucky enough to be able to get, you know, a PlayStation 5 pre-ordered on Amazon. The link went live at like 1130 that night and I was awake and I contacted all my friends who wanted one and only two of us walked away with one. Everybody got a pre-order, but then some of them canceled theirs. So, you know, I don't know. But they're, they're, they're starting to be a little bit more stock rolling in. There's the revision of the PlayStation 5. Um, so, yeah, just keep your eyes and ears peeled, and I'll do the same. And, again, if you guys follow the, uh, the Twitter account, I'll be retweeting whenever there's stock and things like that. My next story comes from Kotaku.com. I'm very, very pleased to report this. Uh, Quantic Dream is apparently working on a Star Wars game. And this is what Kotaku knows so far, what they've heard so far. Uh, sources say the Heavy Rain Studios' next game can be more action-focused. Reports started to circulate last week that Detroit Become Human developer Quantic Dream was working on an unli unlikely new project, a Star Wars game. While Kotaku can't currently confirm if this is 100% accurate, we have heard something similar from an independent source with knowledge of the studio's plans. The rumor started when YouTuber Gats via VGC claimed on September 16th that the French studio had made a deal with Disney for a Star Wars game following the end of its three-year publishing exclusivity agreement with Sony. Yesterday, DualShockers published a separate report based on separate source that supported uh, Gatsu's claim. The report stated that the project had been in development for roughly 18 months. That report's author Tom Henderson also shared a screenshot on social media 
of Quantic Dream's Twitter account liking an article about the report. Usually when you see something like this happen, you can pretty much take it to the bank. Kotaku was heard uh, the same from a third separate source with knowledge of the studio's development plans. According to this individual, Quantic Dream has indeed been working on a Star Wars game for approximately a year and a half, but it won't be the conventional type of quick-time event-driven game we've come to expect from the French studio. Instead, they said the game will have more traditional action gameplay and possibly even open-world and multiplayer elements. Um... Quantic Dream did not uh, immediately respond to a request for comment. The floodgates have recently opened back up for new Star Wars games. In addition to EA Star Wars Battlefront 2, Star Wars Jedi The Fallen Order, and Star Wars Squadrons, all of which were created under its 10-year exclusive exclusivity deal with Disney. We learned that earlier this year that Ubisoft is now working on its own open-world Star Wars project. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is getting a new game in the shape of a remake as well. EA's deal remains in effect until 2023. That hasn't apparently stopped Lucasfilm uh, Games from putting together plans for future projects. Quantic Dream's next game could be one of those. Um, this is interesting because, like it says, the deal goes to 2023, and I knew that there was still a little bit of time left on the deal. So it's interesting to see that uh, they're already moving forward. So it, we won't have to wait for the deal to expire to start getting, you know, years down the line, getting more Star Wars video game content. It seems like. When that deal expires, we're going to get stuff almost immediately. Um, I'm not too upset with what EA has done with their time with the license. Uh, I didn't like Battlefront 1 because there was no campaign. Battlefront 2 has a campaign. Um, I stopped midway through it. I think it was a uh, X-Wing mission. And it, it kind of, uh, I don't know. I didn't, some of the, the flight missions I didn't really care for. I think the last one is the one that kind of was like, okay, I'll chill out on this for a while. And I actually never re-downloaded it to the console. Um, Star Wars Jedi, Jedi Fallen Order, of course, you guys know that was my game of the year for 2019. I still sing the praises of that game, and it's phenomenal. Um, so I'm not upset with what EA did. I, Squadrons, I'm iffy on. So I guess you can give me two out of four, right? Which isn't exactly bad. That's 50% of the product they put out that I actually enjoyed. But I do want to see other studios be able to take a crack at the license. Um, Star Wars is a very, very important entertainment property. And if somebody's going to do it just justice, who am I to stand in the way? Um, but yeah, I would love to see other studios take a crack at it. Um, Ubisoft is very interesting because what are we getting like Assassin's Creed or Far Cry in the Star Wars universe? Are we going to have like places we need to unlock to open up a, a map and things like that, like the tower system and things like that. So that's that's interesting to hear that they uh, they may be in bed with Lucasfilm uh, game division. So I, I don't know. I'm not sure, but I do want to see other studios take a crack at it. So uh, I'm anxious to see what they come up with. Um, but we do know that we are going to get a Jedi Fallen Order sequel. That was discussed in an EA uh, conference call. Um, I would imagine... The original came out late 2019, so I just kind of, I don't know when we're going to get the next one. That's uh, very, very interesting. But again, I can never complain about more Star Wars content because I absolutely love Star Wars. So uh, I'm excited. Again, I'm really excited to see some other studios get to take a crack at this. And um, hopefully it doesn't take away from EA, you know, still making Star Wars games. But Disney seems to just be... They're, they're handing out content to everybody. Obviously, Insomniac has now got, uh, they've had Spider-Man, and now they're getting Wolverine as well. Um, 
Square Enix got Guardians of the Galaxy. Square Enix also got the Avengers and things like that. So Disney's handing out content to all these studios. They want to put their IP in the hands of qualified developers. And uh, I'm really psyched to see what we get next. So I don't know. I'll keep close attention to that. Um, next on the docket from IGN.com, the SEC is now investigating Activision Blizzard for discrimination and harassment. And this is an update. The Equal Op Employment Opportunity Commission has also been investigating Activision Blizzard with games. the games publisher reportedly discussing a settlement that could cost it millions of dollars. In the wake of everything they've done, the Bill Cosby suite and all that stuff, um, I kind of figured it would that they would try to settle out of court, but this is going to drag out a little longer than they probably anticipated. Sometimes you can't just throw money at things and it go away. So anyway, reported by the Wall Street Journal, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has reportedly been investigating harassment at Activision Blizzard since May of 2020. A subsequent press release from Activision Blizzard confirmed that uh, it was actively engaged in continued discussions with the EEOC and has cooperated with the EEOC's investigation concerning certain employment practices the Wall Street Journal reports that those discussions involve a settlement worth potentially millions of dollars. Bobby Kotick provided a statement on the situation saying, while we continue to work in good faith with regulators to address and resolve past workplace issues, we also continue to move ahead with our own initiatives to ensure that we are the very best workplace. We remain committed to addressing all workplace issues in a forthright and prompt manner. Here's the thing. Um, some of the stuff you guys did just, like... You have to be less than stupid to think that some of that stuff wasn't going to get out. I was a kid when the whole Clarence Thomas sexual harassment thing happened, and I still remember it vividly. And I remembered it long enough to understand that, hey, probably shouldn't be doing some of the stupid shit some of you people do in these offices and harassing people and things like that. It will always come back to bite you. Uh, understand what the word consensual means. If you try to flirt with somebody and they're not feeling it, Move the fuck away. Also, I would caution you. I'm not going to say I haven't done it, but I would caution you to not get involved with coworkers. Again, caution. Not saying I haven't done it because I have. I'm just saying sometimes and generally it ends very badly is all I'm saying. I've been fortunate enough where it hasn't ended badly for me, but, you know, every situation is completely different. So I don't know. Um, but when you're one of the biggest publishers in video games and the SEC is now actively knocking at your door, Chances are you really, really fucked up. And it's interesting to even have this conversation talking about Quantic Dream in one of the earlier blocks. I remember after Detroit came Become Human, you know, when that game was either about to release or it just released, they had issues as well where a lot of things came out. You know, we've had conversations about Ubisoft and the issues that came out uh, there and things like that. So at this point, yeah, I don't know, man. I just, look, just don't like, just because it's a it's a somewhat relaxed environment because you're developing video games, it's still a job, and you need to treat it as a profession, and and so on and so forth, and probably leave some of the crude, actually not even probably, a hundred percent leave the crude humor and things like that outside of the office, and again consensual consensual, you know, just make sure it's absolutely consensual before you make a move, something that could cost you, you know. Very, it could cost you your livelihood and could cost the company tons of money as well. So, I don't know. My next story, also from IGN.com, Titanfall 2 was abandoned by EA and things. then things got weird. The strange saga of hacks, conspiracies, and a journalist caught in the middle. The 32-page, 32nd uh, page of an ex excuse me, exhaustive PDF document called Operation Red Tape 
is Christian with the headline discussing throwing leads about Janu to an IGN journalist. It was uploaded by the team behind the website SaveTitanfall.com on August 6th as the definitive conclusion on uh, one of the strangest stories in video games. Who was killing Titanfall? Who was Janu? Why hasn't Respawn done anything to stop it? I have been trying to answer those questions for months now. It appears that all my work has been capsized. This comes from IGN. I don't know if they just necessarily killed off Titanfall, but Respawn went on to make Jedi Fallen Order. Again, my game of the year in 2019, so I don't know. But anyway, um, <laughs> this is very, very interesting, and it says it goes all the way back to 2016 when Titanfall 2 was released. Um I'm not going to go too deep into this in the in the episode notes. I will, um, if you're listening to this in the free feeds, I will leave a link to this story. And then if you're on the Patreon, I actually will post it as well. It'll post at the same time as this episode, so you can go back and find that. There's a lot going on. Um, Respawn did a great job on, you know, the first Titanfall had no campaign. And I, again, you've heard me complain, what was the reason I didn't like battle the first Battlefront? No campaign. They tried to rectify that with Battlefront 2, and eh, so-so. Um, multiplayer, right, multiplayer's changed the world, right? And that's with the advent of basically, the PS2 could go online and the original Xbox could go online, but it really, really hit a boom um with the playstation 3 and xbox 360 and so on and so forth i didn't get on i didn't start getting online till i was playing like college football and the xbox 360 and things like that um online multiplayer and battle royales and things like that make up way more of the gaming landscape now than they did during the heyday of the 360 and the ps3 and now we're two whole console generations removed from that um Titanfall was an ambitious project. I don't think that Respawn knew exactly where they were going with it. That's not to say it was a bad game. I just don't think that they knew where they were going with it. And what was the end game is the question. Um, To me, it seemed that I don't know if they ran out of steam. Keep in mind, Apex Legends is actually part of the Titanfall universe. So it seemed like they were allocating all of their resources to Apex Legends, and then they put in so much time and effort on Jedi Fallen Order. Again, my game of the year for 2019. So I go on to say all that. I say that to say this. I I don't think that Respawn was short-sighted. I think they got what they knew they could get out of Titanfall, and then they moved on to newer, newer things, right? Um, that's not to say that I don't think they'll ever revisit it, but you got two games out of it in two years, because the first Titanfall came out in 2014, I believe, 2013 or 2014, um, and actually, I think it was 2013, it didn't, I want to say it probably launched a little bit after, actually, I think it was 2014, so either way, in, in two or three years, you got two games out of this this IP, and then really you got a little bit more because you have a, a great battle royale out there with Apex Legends, and they're following the, the season template and platform and things like that, that, you know, um, uh, Valorant and Fortnite and other battle royale games are following. So they weren't short-sighted. I think they got what they could out of that, and then they moved on to a new IP, which would be Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which isn't exactly a new IP because Star Wars within itself is an intellectual property. I don't know what Respawn is working on right now at this moment. Um, 
but I do know that in that conference call, that investors call, they said that they would further support the Jedi Fallen Order franchise. So we are going to get a follow up to that. Uh, again, all this kind of ties together because of the the stories coming out when they are. Um, so we know that there's at least one team over at Respawn working on that. As far as whatever else they're doing, will they revisit Titanfall? I don't know. Um, some people were waiting on the PlayStation show for to, for Sucker Punch to revisit Infamous. And it's like, they're going to support Ghost of Tsushima. They're, they're helping Sony Pictures make a film. I don't know what people expect. Sometimes you just, some games just go away. You know, um, Resistance, Insomniac did a great job. And then it, they started to do something different. Remember, Naughty Dog used to make Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter. And then they started making Uncharted and The Last of Us. Um, this happens. This is gaming. So, again, it was really, really long-winded. I'll post the link. Again, if you're listening on the free feeds, I will post it in the episode description. And if you're on Patreon, I will post it to the Patreon. It'll post the same time as this episode so you can reference it. Um, but I'm not mad at them. I played I played Titanfall uh, the first year. I played the first one. It didn't really do anything for me, so I didn't visit it with the second one. I played a little Apex, and then I found out afterwards that Apex is part of the, the Titanfall universe. I was like, okay, well, this is kind of cool. Um, but... I'm not in a position where I'm just going to go and boo-hoo because there's no Titanfall at the moment. And I'm not slamming or slandering anybody who is. It just isn't a game for me. But again, if you guys are interested in looking into that, again, I will post those links. My last story before I get into the Nintendo Direct also comes from IGN.com. It's about a franchise that I absolutely love. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 remaster discussions have reportedly begun. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The game was pulled from digital storefronts over seven years ago, unfortunately. Digital Eclipse wants to revive Marvel vs. Capcom 2 with a remaster, and the studio head says discussions about the project have begun. In an interview with GamerHub TV on YouTube, Digital Eclipse Mike Mika said both Disney and Capcom have been approached about the idea. Uh, we've begun some discussions on that right now, and we're trying to see how far we can go, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's really not up to, the, up to us, Mika said. So all we can really do is just make the best case possible and try to make it easy for them and see if they're interested. Um... In 2009, Digital Eclipse called Backbone Entertainment at the time released the port of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 on the PS3 and Xbox 360 digital storefronts. The game was pulled at the end of 2013 after Capcom's licenses to use Marvel's characters expired. Earlier this summer, the hashtag FreeMVC2 campaign exploded in an effort from fans to try to make the game more easily accessible. And this is probably the more favorite game of the series. Um... I know a lot of people didn't care for Marvel vs. Capcom 3. I tend to like the game. And then Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, uh, it was alright. But I think the characters were a tad bit bulky. Like, Captain America being almost like as bulky as the Hulk. That's, that's really weird. Spider-Man, and, and you know, it just was a bit weird. It was alright game, but I think they tried to make... They... It felt a little too Street Fighter-y, I guess I could say, but obviously they're both Capcom products, so, you know, that makes sense. But, um, since becoming Digital Eclipse in 2015, the studio has become known for remastering classic games. Digital Eclipse has worked on collections for Mega Man, Street Fighter, SNK, Disney, and more. Marvel vs. Capcom 2 New Age of Heroes, originally released in 2000, originally came to arcades in the Dreamcast before arriving on the PS2 and the Xbox in 2002. Um... Marvel vs. Capcom and Marvel vs. Capcom 2 are some of my favorite games. 
and um, I would love to see it come back in a remaster form. Uh, when it comes to games like this, this is absolutely a PlayStation purchase for me. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with playing certain games on your Xbox, but this is more of a PlayStation game for me. So I'm really looking forward to that, and I do hope that the game comes back. So I will keep my eyes and ears peeled, and I will let you guys know as soon as I find something out. Uh, right now, I'm going to take just a very, very short break. Of course, you guys won't notice because I'm going to head right into the next story, which is the Nintendo Direct. So stay tuned for the next portion of this show. All right, so I'm back with the rest of this episode. Uh, I don't want to call it part two. It's just, another, just an extension of the episode. But anyway, um, I was going to do a stream of the Nintendo Direct on my Twitch channel, but there was some conflict in time and things like that that... Uh, kind of didn't allow me to do so so I just kind of took some notes on some of the things that I thought were pretty cool from the direct or things that I noticed um number one there's an expansion for Monster Hunter coming this summer um it is paid DLC so you will have to pay for that it's not a free expansion from my understanding I don't know I just Monster Hunter World a lot of my friends were playing that and other Monster Hunter games and stuff like that it just didn't do anything for me so I don't know but I, I took it I took notes down about it um you know, I don't know, I think it led the show off, if I'm not mistaken, but people really seem to love Monster Hunter, so people should be really happy for this expansion pack coming, um, actually, I'm sorry, not this summer, because this summer is over, next summer, which would be summer of 2022, so be on the lookout for that, we then got to see Mario Party Superstars, which is really cool, this is the second Mario Party game that we're getting on the Switch, I always said I was going to get the first one, I never got around to getting it, um, I was only like a handful of people that I know personally who actually have a Switch, so I don't really have any people to play online with or even play local co-op or multiplayer and things like that, but it looks really cool. There's actually some levels from previous early Mario Party games. I thought that was really, really cool and nostalgic. Shout out to Nintendo. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll pick up the first Mario Party for the Switch or maybe I'll pick up this one. Uh, probably if I'm leaning towards it, probably this one just to get like the retro Mario Party stuff, like, that's gonna be really cool to play, like, Nintendo 64 stuff, so, yeah, I don't know, um, more people are starting to get Switches and things like that with the holidays coming up and stuff like that, so this is probably something I may jump into, um, they showed Disco Elysium Final Cut, that's coming October 28th, digitally only on the 28th, uh, physical copies don't come till next year, I would imagine this has something to do with the pandemic. Otherwise, I don't see the reason that they couldn't get out physical and digital at the same time. Because it's been working for other video games, which is really... It's just really strange that for Disco Elysium, they can only get the digital out at this time. But it is what it is. Um, it looked pretty cool. It's not something I'm going to rush out to buy. I'm going to have to see more of it and, you know, word of mouth and stuff like that. But it did look pretty cool. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. There's an expansion pack coming October 29th. Um... Anybody who knows me well enough to know and has listened to this, I've talked about it before. I can't play those Dynasty Warrior games. Hyrule Warriors just a, a shoot-off of Dynasty Warriors. Um, they give me, and even thinking about it right now, they give me extreme headaches and make me get really, really sick. And I get like motion sickness from playing those games. Um, as the same way with Super Mario 64. like People are like, why don't you like Super Mario 64? I can't play it. It makes me sick. And even literally sitting here recording right now, thinking about either of those games, I'm getting a, sm a slight headache and motion sickness now, so I don't really want to go too deep into it. But there's a Calamity, uh, Age of Calamity expansion pack that's coming the 29th of October, so if you're playing Hyrule Warriors, be on the lookout for that. 
Um, Chocobo GP coming next year. It's a Chocobo kart racer type game. Uh, it basically just looks like Mario Kart with Chocobos. Of course, this is by Square Enix because it's part of the Final Fantasy universe. Um, there's other little Final Fantasy characters in it, not like mainline characters like Cloud or anything like that, but like other little enemies uh, like the fireballs and stuff like that. So I don't, this looks like something you buy for your kids, you know, or uh, I don't know if somebody wants to play this to hold them over until the next Mario Kart comes or however that's going, but it's a nice little niche novel type of thing. So I don't know. Um, am I going to pick it up? This is an absolute easy no for me. It's not going to happen. I'm just not like, as much as I love Final Fantasy, the, the chocobo portions of the game are something that I like, really, I'm like, I'm only doing this because I have to, like, they're cuddly and they're fluffy, you know, and stuff like that, but it's not something that I want in a video game, so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just reporting on it because it's part of the gaming news, um, this, um, the final Super Smash Bros. Ultimate Fighter will be revealed on October 5th, 10 a.m. Eastern, um, I'm really interested to figure out who this is going to be. I haven't purchased every fighter because a lot of them I'm just like, I could care less. I got uh, Cloud and Sephiroth, of course. Um, I got Joker from, um, Jesus Christ, I cannot think of the game. Uh, Persona Persona 5. I got Joker from Persona 5. Uh, a couple other ones. Uh, Terry from the SNK pack and stuff like that. Uh, I think Piranha Plant was free. Some of the other Pokemon and stuff like that that were added. Some of these fighters are really cool, and then some of them just don't make sense at all. So I'm really kind of anxious to see what this last fighter is going to be. Uh, but part of me doesn't think this is going to be the last fighter. They said this like when they announced the fighter a couple of years ago, and it's like, you guys said this was the last one, but they keep adding fighters. But this, of course, really could be the last one. I could be wrong. But I am really anxious to see who it's going to be. Um... I don't know. This 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 is a this is going to be very very interesting. I know a lot of people are online guessing. Somebody said Master Chief, and I've heard some other ones and stuff like that. So I don't know. October fifth, I'll be paying attention. Of course, um, I will. You can figure that out on the Nintendo YouTube page, or if you subscribe to the Patreon, I will post the video and things there. So I don't know. We look forward to that date. Um, next up, Kirby. Our buddy Kirby's coming back. Kirby in the Forgotten Land. It looks like they borrowed a lot of elements from Super Mario Odyssey. It actually looks really, really good. It looks like a Kirby title I may actually enjoy playing. There are some Kirby games that I like. I don't generally play them all that often. This is coming in spring of 2022, so if you're a Kirby fan, be looking out for some new Kirby in the spring. It's really cool that now we get really good video games all year round. I want to add that in. It used to be the fall and the, you know, the holiday season is where you got the really heavy hitters. And Call of Duty's still there. Uh, Madden comes late summer. Um, if there's a Battlefield game, it's usually the holiday season and stuff like that. Consoles launch in the holiday season outside of, excuse me, the Switch launched in March, but, uh, generally you launch, uh, consoles in the holiday season, so it's really cool that we're getting good games all year long and not just at one point of the year, but again, this new Kirby actually looks pretty cool. I'm actually kind of stoked to play it, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, there's an, another Direct coming next month. This is Animal Crossing Focused. It's only going to be Animal Crossing stuff. 
and then whatever they talk about in that direct, that new content will roll out in November. So they haven't given a date for the direct yet. I will let you guys know, and of course I'll post it to the Patreon and things like that. Mario Golf Super Rush update um, is available right now at the time you guys are listening to this. It adds Koopa Troopa and Ninji, as well as two new courses. And again, this is a free update that's available now. So if you have Mario uh, Golf Super Rush for your Nintendo Switch, I hope you guys went ahead and updated. You should get some new courses and two new players. Uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is coming to Switch on November 11th. So if you're a KOTR fan, look out for that. Of course, there's the remake coming out. I think it's coming to the PlayStation 5 and PC to start. Um, It is PlayStation 5 console exclusive at least for a timed period. So be on the lookout for that. They haven't released a date for that, obviously, even a window. We just found out about it during the PlayStation Showcase. But the original Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic is coming to the Switch on November 11th. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, They showed off more Metroid Dread. Again, the game looks great. They didn't need to show me anything else because I'm going to buy this game regardless. Uh, It looks phenomenal. This is a definite pickup for me. That's coming October 8th. For more info info on Metroid Dread, if you're interested, visit metroid.nintendo.com. It'll give you more details about the planet you'll actually be traversing in the game and things like that. It looks really, really fucking good. I cannot wait to play this game. Um... After that, the really big announcements started pouring in. Nintendo Switch Online is going to add a new membership plan that brings Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis games to the online service. It's called Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack. That's coming late October. Uh, It also gives you the option to purchase wireless Nintendo 64 controllers and Sega Genesis controllers. Um, There are some games that are coming. I'm going to go over that really quick. For the Nintendo 64, you're getting Super Mario 64, which I cannot play. Mario Kart 64, Star Fox 64, Yoshi's Story, Zelda uh, Ocarina of Time, Winback, Mario Tennis, and Dr. Mario 64. For the Sega Genesis, you're getting Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra, Hardcore, uh, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, I don't know why, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Mushea, Fantasy Star 4, Rising Star, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, and Struder. Those will all be available for the Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis when this new expansion of the Switch Online launches. Um, Also, The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, as well as other N64 titles, will be coming later. So all of those, all of us who have been craving to play 64 games on the Switch, we're finally going to get that. Uh, what this tells me is we're probably never going to get that HD port of Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask to the Switch. And if they do, it would probably be in the absolute end of the Switch's lifetime. But if they put it out, I'm going to buy it. I'm just letting that be known right off the top. But the 64 controller comes in the standard gray that came with the console. You don't get like the purple clear one, which kind of sucks. And then you get, I think it was the three-button Genesis controller, not the six-button. So those controllers are $49.99 each. You have to be a member of the Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, You have to be a Nintendo Switch Online member to have the option to purchase those controllers. I never got the NES or the SNES controllers, and I really need to get those. Um, Razor Renaissance from the SNES is coming to the Switch in a remastered version. Uh, they didn't give a time for that, so keep your eyes open for that. Namco Hamster available now. Add some, adding some classic Namco games like Pac-Man to your Nintendo Switch and things like that. It's really becoming the port machine, and I keep saying this, I keep saying this. Everybody's like, you're doubting the Switch. No, I have a Switch. I love the Switch. They gave us so much in the first year, it kind of spoiled us new stuff. 
New Zelda, New Mario, completely new on both fronts. Uh, gave us Super Smash Brothers at the end of 2018, but I feel like they spoiled us and we're getting a bunch of ports after the fact that I'm just kind of, I'm not down on Nintendo, but I want to see more. So then the godfather of video games himself, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, showed up to give us info about the Super Mario Brothers animated film coming December 21st of 2022. It's uh, being done by Illumination. That's the studio behind Despicable Me and the Minions movies. Um, I thought we were getting a trailer. It was not a trailer. <laughs> they just told us who's starring in the roles. In the role of Mario would be voiced by Chris Pratt. Peach is Anya Taylor-Joy. I'm not sure who she is. Don't know anything about her. Luigi will be voiced by Charlie Day. I think that's an excellent decision, as well as Chris Pratt as Mario. I'm interested to see how that's going to go. Bowser will be voiced by Jack Black, and I think that's a phenomenal choice. I think Jack Black is going to nail this, and there's not, like, Jack Black is so animated. I think he's going to do a great fucking job at this, so I can't wait to see what he brings to that role. Seth Rogen will be voicing Donkey Kong, also another good choice in my opinion. So this is a really good cast. Uh, Fred Armisen will be Cranky Kong, and when I close my eyes and think about Fred Armisen, I kind of see Cranky Kong, so I think that's a good choice as well. Um, Toad is being done by Keegan-Michael Key, a.k.a. Key of Key and Pill. I think that's a good choice as well. Uh, Kevin-Michael Richardson is playing Kamek. I'm not sure who Kevin-Michael Richardson is, and Spike is being played by Sebastian Maniscalco. Not sure who he is either. Charles Martinet uh, actually will do some cameos in the film as well. Charles Martinet, obviously known as the voice of Mario in the video game universe, as well as other characters in the Super Mario uh, Brothers universe in the games. So that's going to be really cool. Sounds like they got a really good cast. Again, this is December 21st of 2022, so we'll be look, looking out for that. Hopefully we're going to see a trailer sometime. Um, I would hope in the spring or something at least. After that, we got to see some of uh, Splatoon 3. Got some Arctic-looking environments. It actually takes place in Splatsville. Uh, new main weapons as well as special weapons. They look kind of cool. I'm not going to lie, so I'm actually looking forward to that. Return of the Man uh, Mammalians is the theme of the story mode. Uh, more updates to come. No release date or release window. They just said 2022. If Obviously, it's not coming the top of 2022. If it doesn't come... I would say summer. Splatoon usually is a summer release, so I would be guessing sometime in summer. Probably, I would say maybe even late spring. I would say they want to get it out in time for the Nintendo World Championships that will take place around E3, provided we're outside of the COVID-19 pandemic at that time, but we'll just have to see. Um, and then the final thing they showed was a trailer of Bayonetta 3. Looks good. It looks like more Bayonetta, more hack and slash stuff. Uh, the visuals look really, really good as usual. No release date or window as well for that. Just 2022 as well. So that was just a synopsis of the Nintendo Direct from September 23rd. Again, I thought it was a pretty good Direct. I'm not going to lie. Um, I feel like the PlayStation Showcase was better because they showed us a lot of you know third-party stuff. And then when Jim Ryan came on the stage and we saw the Sony, Sony uh PlayStation Studios logo, that's when they got down to the meat and potatoes of the show and showed us stuff. Um, not that they didn't really show anything. It would have been cool if there was actually a trailer for the Mario film. Uh, Mario Party Superstars looks really good. Interested in the last Smash Brother fighter. Um, the Kirby game looks good again. Mario Golf Super Rush, the update looks good. Um, the Nintendo Switch Online new membership service, it would have been nice to get a price on it. 
Uh, I think that you should be able to already take advantage of this. And it's just really weird that you can only... And Nintendo's the only company who doesn't... Like, they like money, but they don't like money in the traditional sense because it's weird that you restrict the sale of specific controllers behind your online paid membership. And, again, I still want the, the NES controller, the SNES controller. I want the Nintendo 64 and the Sega one as well. Um... It, the Sega one's going to look weird in a box that says Nintendo. The other ones will look good for display reasons because they're Nintendo controllers. The Sega one's going to look a bit strange, I'm not going to lie. Um, but if anybody has the NES or the SNES one still on the packaging, please reach out to me. I'd be very interested in procuring that from you. But um, yeah, that was the Nintendo Direct, and that was this week's episode of The Week in Gaming. Again, if you're listening to this in the free feeds, go ahead and subscribe to the Patreon. A dollar a month. A dollar a month for our lowest tier to get the weekend gaming sports desk to drop and from the mind of Lamont and as you go up tiers you get more content and things like that certain things are obviously locked behind a paywall don't blame me it is a capital capitalistic society that we live in I'm trying to make a living as well you guys but anyway always a pleasure my name is Derek Lamont Jackson believe in yourself first and foremost because if you don't believe in you nobody else will stay humble stay happy get vaccinated wear a mask you guys I'm out of here peace out